Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It is the twentieth of December, twenty twenty-two. Um, which means that, you know, we've pretty nearly arrived because once you get to the 20th, you're in the 20s and the 24th and the 25th are now coming very quickly. That That is what I have to say about these things. Christmas is approaching. Um, if you haven't done all that needs doing, then, you know, the days are running out to get those things done. That That is, I know, a profound mystery now disclosed by Carmen uh, this morning. There you go. Mm-hmm. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Again, Luke chapters 1 and 2, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of the must-read texts of um, of the Christmas season, and so you must read them if you haven't already. Which, which, you know, reminds me, I haven't asked in a while, where in the Word are you today? And so if you are new to Faith Radio or if you are new to Mornings with Carmen, one of the questions that I like to ask is, where in the word are you today? I mean, the where in the world question is a frequent one, right? We got those location things on, you know, you can either turn them on or off on your phone and um, you can drop a pin where you are. Well, every once in a while, uh, maybe every day, I'd like for you to drop a pin somewhere in the Older New Testaments of the Bible and, and mark it down. Like, where in the word are you today? And take note of it. Like, you know how Google runs that thing where it can show you every place you've been in the last month? We need an app that tracks our Bible reading in the same way, that like maps out our Bible reading over time, like drops pins all over the place in some sort of like mapped out version of the Bible. So that's a good um, that's a good Christmas project for somebody out there who likes to develop apps. I now have two app ideas that I think are great. Um, that would be very, very useful in our life together. One now would be this idea that I have just had, which is some sort of location app that drops pins in Scripture as you, uh, you know, as you read. And then the other one is, of course, the one I'm still lobbying for someone to create, and that is some sort of like a version of, I think of it as a dating app, which I know is ridiculous, but some sort of like matching app where people who want to be matched with a Christian mentor can be matched, like a Christian mingle, but not for dating, for discipleship. So there you go. Could someone create that in, you know, in the time you have off over Christmas? Somebody's listening right now who has a kid home from college, who is an app developer, who could work on this project for me. So there you go. That's what Carmen wants for Christmas, in case you were wondering. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. So Joseph And let's just pause right there, because Joseph is kind of the forgotten man of Christmas, is he not? Um, In fact, my friend Howard Eddington wrote a book by that title, Joseph, the Forgotten Man of Christmas. Um, So let's not forget Joseph this Christmas. He is a a very important character in not only the life of Jesus, but the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and obviously an important character um, in the course of human history, because Joseph demonstrates what it looks like to adopt a child 
as a sacred trust from God the Father, a child that's not genetically your own, but who you raise absolutely as your own. The entire spirit of adoption um, through the life of Joseph and the way he parents not only Jesus, but Jesus's brothers and sisters is pretty extraordinary. All right. Um, Yeah. So Joseph also went up. Remember, there's a census going on in the days when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Yeah. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth, where he was a carpenter, betrothed to a woman named Mary, who is found to be pregnant. Remember, it's not his child. She's conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. You remember all of this from earlier conversations? Okay, that's where we are. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And you're saying to yourselves, well, it doesn't really matter that Joseph belongs to the line of David. What matters, if if Jesus is going to be um, in the lineage of David, it doesn't matter that Joseph is in the line of David, because after all, yes, again, Joseph is Jesus's adopted father. So it matters that Mary is in the line of David, which she is, right? In the same way that Zachariah and Elizabeth are distant cousins, so too Joseph and Mary um, they share a, a a family tree. They are distant cousins as well. All right. Uh, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, like super duper soon. It doesn't say that, but she's super duper soon expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. The other word for that is a crib. Um, placed him in a manger um, because there was no room available for them. Now, that is really critical. Um, There are no inns. Like, this is, there's no holiday inns. There's no red roof inns. There's no inns. This is not a time period in which there are hotels. Like, that does not exist. And so um, the notion that they went to the door of the holiday inn of some variety and they were turned away, that is a fiction, that is not a biblical reality. That is a fiction. That did not happen. Um, they they went probably from house to house looking for um, available space in the Cataluma, the Cataluma being the uh, the space where people, uh, guests generally stayed, a second floor space, sometimes open to the sky, um, the place where guests were invited to stay. And so the room that was available was like the main room of the house, which is the part of the house that is attached to an exterior space where the animals are gathered in at night. Because guess what? In first century Judea, you didn't leave your animals roaming around at night. You gathered them in to uh, a room, you and I would think of it as like a carport, adjacent to your house, and you closed them in with a gate. And the heat of their bodies rose up through this like vented crib um, and so it was at head height for the animals, but that vented hit, that vented um, space, that heat rose up through that into um, the family room, the room that would have been the main room of the house, not a guest room where it would have been really like super nice and appropriate to have a baby, but you know, the main room of the house. And yes, from that side, the hay was placed into that vented space known as a manger or a crib to feed the animals. Okay, so I might have just burst your bubble in terms of Jesus was born in a cave, or Jesus was born in a stable, or Jesus was born in a barn. Mm-mm. Jesus was uh, was born and laid in a manger, a crib for fodder, um, but very, very likely, yeah, very, very likely in a house. Um, had the shepherds arrived 
and Jesus not have been in a house, they would have taken him home with them. So there's no... And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some hard times in the neighborhood. But why can't every day be just this good? Nick Pitts is our friend. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement, and he's working on his own live version of the Nativity for next Christmas. Mm -hmm. This year he got himself a wife, and next year he's going to have himself a baby. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's the big news. Nick, welcome back. So good to be with you, Carmen. I am working on the live Nativity, and I am uh, practicing right now to imitate the pig (laughs) because I'm eating everything in sight in a sloppily (laughs) manner. So um, tis the season to put on holiday weight. There's no pig in, I don't think. I don't think. Now, there are camels, maybe. Um, there's a donkey for sure. There are very likely sheep because those good shepherds would not have left their sheep. They would have uh, herded them all into town with them. Um, so I think that what's generally lacking in most live nativities is hundreds of sheep. Yeah. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I won't get a haircut and I'll, uh, I'll, um, <laughs> until then, I'll, I'll take on that image. I love it. Um, all right. You and I have read uh, a really uh, kind of fun article about live nativity scenes and what happens sometimes. So I don't know. Just share with folks uh, a little bit of this because there's some Christmas joy in trying to plan to do a live nativity scheme. Yeah, it's it's the, it's this reality that churches are always looking for ways to reach out to their communities and reach out to those that may not darken the door uh, um, during the regular parts of the year. And so during this high holy day, of Christmas churches across the U.S. are offering um, nativity scenes and, and uh, Christmas uh, stories that have live animals. And as to be expected, animals are acting like animals and um, not always following the directions of the stage directors, etc., that are trying to put on the show. And so we have fleeing camels and all sorts of animals that are acting in wayward ways and animal control is often having often having to intervene in these i know and so what i was going to do this morning was invite everybody to like text in their best live nativity story from their church but our text line is down so all of you must resist the temptation to send me texts until the text line is back up because they will be lost in the ether and that will make us all sad. So um, you can always email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com, but the text line, um, which we love to utilize during this show, is currently not available. So there you go, a little technology glitch. Hey, we're going to return to our conversation with Nick Pitts here in just a moment. Here's the question. Why should I go to church this Sunday. I mean, after all, it's Christmas. I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be in my jammies and there's going to be presents. Why as a Christian should I go to church this Sunday? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing, oh, 
The original model of E.T. that was used in the Spielberg classic E.T. just sold for $2.6 million. Nick, um, did you buy that for Christmas? <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not. Just, I did just not. Checking. I just I just feel like that maybe that's not the best like investment long term, but there you go. Um when uh sometimes there's like a random fact that I feel like I should find a way to work in and you're my guy for that. So there you go. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. This morning I read about a $1,200 Alexa toilet and I, I was going to think about <laughs> offering that to Paul and you um, in the studio. <laughs> we but, don't want one. You know, some... We do not. We don't. Neither one of us have no. a smart home. Ne- no. No, 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 no. And we no. don't want smart toilets for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Although if Alexa is listening right now, Alexa, play Faith Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. Uh, nice. Should I go to church this Sunday? Oh, great question. It is Sunday after all, and it is the holiest day of the year, some might argue, or at least the second most holiest day of the year for the Christian. Uh, fascinating um, article came out in the New York Times, which highlighted some research out of Lifeway that said that in 2016, uh, 89% of Protestant, past- Protestant pastors said they were holding services. And that number had dropped to 84%. But among non-denominational evangelical pastors, um, that's only 61% are saying they're going to hold services this year. But what are they doing? Like, how are you, like, what are you doing if you're not having worship? Like, what? I don't, I don't understand. I I mean, consider the Sabbath. And this is our Sabbath. This is the day of resurrection. Christmas is intimately connected to Easter. Like, what are you doing if you're not having worship on Sunday, regardless of what other day that happens to be? I I don't understand, Nick. Please explain it to me. I will. It's so common. I will draw upon five years of working on a church staff experience. And then I will also echo your sentiment of one. This is such an important day to spend with the people of God in the house of God cherishing and adoring the Christ child who is king. And so first, I think there needs to be a re-examination of how we actually host church services, because most of our church services that your listeners and myself are going to, it takes hundreds and hundreds of volunteers to put on every Mm. week. There are countless individuals that have woken up at six, five, 4 a.m. to be able to prepare for the people of God to come together. And it is, it is not a house church as it was in Jesus's day where you just kind of show up. There is much more that's going on behind the scenes so that you can experience the people of God and worship God together. And so I think there needs to be a reimagining of what church looks like for some of these churches that aren't hosting a service on uh, on Christmas needs to be a reimagining of what's required on Christmas uh, to host that church service. Because the reality is, I completely agree that, that we all should be together, but maybe we don't have as many people work and volunteer and more people just coming together in a rudimentary way just to be able to lift our praises to the King who was born this day, the incarnate um, this day. And then second, I would echo your sentiment of what a beautiful day that, yes, there might be a little bit more chaos in the sanctuary because there's not volunteers that are looking after kids. 
yes, there might be less technology because you don't have as many people that have woken up to display the graphics and have the rolling screens and videos that are going through making the service what you normally have expected it to be. But is that not the epitome of what happened in a manger on that day 2,000 plus years ago where there was chaos because of uh, the innkeeper and the animals, et cetera, being born without, uh, without a place to lay his head? And then two, the reality of just the whether there were animals or not, just the chaotic situation that it must have been running from the, the leaders of the day to avoid the census. The reality is there is this beautiful picture of the church body coming together with all the, the tidings and all the little snappets that we've come to expect on Sunday morning gathering here in 21st century America and coming together in all of it just to remember who is our coming hope, who is our hope and the one who is with us always. I love all of that. Um, and yeah, here are my complimentary comments um, to what you have shared, Nick. Um, If you're listening right now and you're contemplating not going to worship with the gathered community of God's people this Sunday, uh, I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God. And he is worthy. I mean, this entire celebration of Christmas is about the fact that God showed up in human flesh. Um, And so don't worry about um, what you're wearing um, or how you look, but you got to show up like this is this is the show up holiday. This is what we celebrate on Christmas, the incarnation. God took on human flesh and showed up. It's also about our witness to the world and our welcome of those who might suddenly be interested in the one who is proclaimed at Christmas. I mean, imagine that you are a person who for the very first time is interested in this Jesus who apparently has come from heaven to earth for you and you show up at the place that's supposed to be a representative of his house today and it's all locked up on his birthday. Like what? The people who are the Jesus people aren't celebrating the birthday of Jesus? Like, I mean, wouldn't you instantly think like, what's wrong with these people? And have no nursery. I'm totally with you. Close the nursery. Everyone ought to be chaotically together. And and there ought to be lots of babies. And all of the babies ought to be making whatever noises babies feel led to make for as long as they want to make those noises. And on Christmas, we ought to all, regardless of our age or stage of life, absolutely rejoice at at whatever cacophony is created by the sounds of babies. This is a baby day. Like, like. So, all right. And and here's the thing. If you're like concerned that you don't have a plan, you're like, okay, suddenly I'm convicted. We're going to have church on Sunday. We're going to have worship on Sunday. Uh, but it's just a few days away. And now, you know, I, now I got no plan. Okay, here's the plan. Open the Bible, read the story, sing the songs, and invite people to bring all that they have to present as a gift to the one who came, wrapped in human flesh as the greatest present ever. It's It's about his presence among us. And so if you just have a service where you read the Christmas story and you sing the songs, it doesn't even matter if you've got quote unquote worship leaders. I'm telling you, the angels will sing on high and you will join the happy chorus. Like, right? I don't know. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would echo you and I would echo Faith Hill that a baby changes everything and it should change your Sunday schedule. Um, right. Uh, Elvis had a blue Christmas, but you can have a holly jolly Christmas research this evening showing this, right? You've all for, argued from the theological perspective, but let's just look at sociological research from public theology. It's found that Christmas is uh, your happiness increases when you're reported with family and you have religious experiences were emphasized. When the emphasis is on spending money and receiving gifts, individuals experience lower levels of happiness and well-being on Christmas. Completely mm. agree that there could be an emphasis. Uh, there could be a time and a place for the exchanging of gifts and for the for the holiday, for the eggnog, for the, the food, and et cetera. There's a time and place for that. But there's also a time and place for the, for the coming together of God's people to celebrate Christ the King who's come to this world to save it and not to condemn it. A baby should change everything, including your Christmas schedule. Yeah, so Scott, my pastor, if you're listening right now, I will absolutely be there on Sunday, and I can hardly wait. Yeah, like, I can hardly wait. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. Nick, I uh, I love talking with you. I can't wait for all that we're going to get to unpack in the year ahead. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your precious family. Um, have a sweet, sweet Christmas, and we look forward to getting back together with you in the new year. I hope y'all have such a rich Christmas, and I cannot wait. That's Nick Pitts. You can find him at the Institute for Global Engagement. He's also on Twitter at JNickPitts. Let's take a moment to go upwards with Max Lucado. All right, I'm uh, I'm checking the weather today in Israel. Uh, you know, this is I love the Googler. Oh my goodness, it's 72 degrees. Whew. How nice is that? You know, you think of Jesus being born uh, in in like winter because it you know winter here at Christmas, right? Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, 72 today. In and in fact, it's currently 72. So they have reached their high today. It's not going to rain. 59 percent humidity. A uh, little little breeze. I mean, barely, barely a breeze, four miles per hour. It's going to rain tomorrow. Um, yeah, but it's going to be in the upper 60s all week um, in Israel. Some some rain from day to day. That is not the weather that uh, we are having in the United States of America. Uh, people across the central and northwestern United States are under wind chill alerts. Heavy snow expected today in several states um, across the upper Midwest. Most of our... Um, when I when I say live listening area, I'm talking about like where we actually have radio broadcast signals. So North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. Um, good morning to you all. Uh, you have probably already experienced your high temperature for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to remain below zero across all of those regions. And more than 80 percent, more than 80 percent of the United States of America is going to experience temperatures below freezing this week. Um, and so... Uh, or I mean, like Orlando and Houston are on that list. So there you go. Um, predicting it in the Midwest, uh, it could be the coldest Christmas day in nearly 40 years. And air travelers, let me just go ahead and warn you. You are likely facing cancellations and delays. So alternate plans for getting where you think you need to be or plans for staying right where you are might be in order. So what are your holiday plans? Are you planning to travel? Are people traveling 
um, to you. What's your plan if that doesn't work out? Um, and and so let's just be thinking um, not only about alternatives, but let's also be thinking uh, or praying uh, for God to give travel mercies, right? Travel mercies. There was, you know, a woman nine months pregnant on a donkey making uh, her way across the rugged countryside. Um, yeah, travel mercies seem like good things to be praying at Christmas time. Hey, this is the first time in a couple of years that folks have been able to head to the Holy Land for Christmas. And so we're going to talk with Luke Moon about Christmas in Israel, his own experiences of that, but then also, um, you know, this first time since COVID that folks have really begun um, making their way to the Holy Land once again. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Luke Moon joins us next. A mysterious star in the sky. It's bright like one and shines like one. A baby lying in a manger. There he is, after all this time. And a fulfilled promise. You will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. In Fulfillment is a biblical audio drama, over 40 voice actors, and the fulfilled moments of Jesus' life. Search In Fulfillment wherever you listen to podcasts, or just go to MyFaithRadio.com. The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns When the man comes around Luke Moon is back with us. You can find him at the Philos Project. You can also find him at Providence Magazine. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Carmen. So um, have you ever spent Christmas in the Holy Land? Uh, I haven't. I've spent the closest I got was one year I was I was there on like the 29th. So mm-hmm. I've I, I didn't I haven't done Christmas there. I also haven't done Easter there. But, mm-hmm. you know, are those just, on your is, is there any part of you that you're like, yeah, that's kind of on my list or you've you've been there and experienced it and you know <laughs> that the day is a date on the calendar. And so, Yeah. Yeah, it's probably I'm I'm not that it's not it's not on the bucket list because I, I just mm-hmm. imagine like just so many people like it's mm-hmm. you know the mobs of of you know people there specifically to celebrate the holidays and and I'm like I just I I prefer I prefer to spend my Christmas or my Easter a, a little less hectic. So you have um, been to Israel a number of times. Do you keep count? Like, do you actually know how many times you've been to Israel? I I do. So my last trip was thirty one, wow. and my next my next trip I actually leave on the ninth of January, and that will be number thirty two. And that was since so, two, the first time I went was two thousand twelve. So it's it's been you know the last ten years. Wow. Okay. So with that in mind. Um, if somebody's listening right now and they've never been, which first of all, I I have been twice, have been privileged to have gone twice, once in the very early 90s and once with Luke um, in 2014, life-changing, um, faith-enriching, uh, just it, it, it is a must. You, you If you never leave the country for any other reason, you should go to Israel. So um, with that in mind, Luke, you've been... 
uh, 31 times. Um, if you, if you had to choose one time of year to go to Israel, what do you think is the absolutely best time of year to go? I, uh, spring is amazing. March, Mm -hmm. April, it's, it's so beautiful. Like the wildflowers in, in the Jordan Valley are, are, just cover the hills. And then when you get up to the Galilee, there's the, um, the, like the, I don't know, it's, it must be, it's like the mustard seed bush, whatever. I don't know, whatever, what I'm sure there's a better name for that, but the, the tree from which or the bush from which you get the mustard seed is, is like, a is yellow and it's flowered and it's everywhere. And it's, it's just beautiful and it's it's not yet really hot uh it's still raining a little bit here and there it's just a really it's a beautiful time of the year to be there how about like olive harvest or grape harvest because these sound like fun times to go as well they are that's in the fall that's also Mm -hmm. a beautiful time um that is like late september early october i mean the jewish holidays the big ones are are their new year is the is basically the harvest time, right? So, uh, it, which is interesting to me. I, I find it, you know, I was thinking about that a lot this year. Like December first for the New Year is 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 a little strange. Like, why did we put New Year in like the middle of winter as opposed to at the end of the harvest season? Like, it, I feel like New Year should be like December thirty first and. And the new year, like November 1st, that would make a lot more sense. Don't you think? Hmm. Um, I, I didn't okay. actually organize the calendar. I mean, I, we could we could work on that. But um, I feel like whoever organized the calendar did so for reasons that I am not privy to right now. And the text line is down. So all of the people who would now be texting in telling me why the calendar is organized the way it is are stymied because they're I, they're sure. trying they're like they're like like they're, just I, they're like, like this is my research phone, right that's right yeah that's right they're like this is my research department area and now sh- i can't tell her what she doesn't know <sighs> it's, all right I, it's it's a sad day it's a sad day it is a sad thing but I'm, so but that, um, Left my own devices. Yeah, I would move it. I would. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I would. I'd probably move it. It just makes a little <laughs> more sense. <laughs> All right. So, um, lots of folks celebrating um, Hanukkah right now, um, both here uh, in the United States and around the world. Maybe just a reminder: um, what what is Hanukkah? Um, how and why is it celebrated? What has your experience of Hanukkah been? Yeah, Hanukkah is is a celebration of the time in which it was after the, basically the, the Maccabees drove out the, the Greeks who had taken over the temple. They had forced the Jews to offer pig sacrifices at the temple. And there was a group of guys that were just like enough already. And they, they fought back. uh, One of them being uh, Judas Maccabeus, the hammer. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of anybody who named his like middle name is like the hammer, but, uh, he, he's he, like the Thor of his day. He was the Thor. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, yeah, it's, it's really cool story, but you know, they, so they, you know, retake the temple and they don't have enough oil to last a week. 
And they're like, man, like how do we, they have enough for basically one, one day. And the oil miraculously, uh, stayed lit for seven days until the oil, the, the new oil could be made. Um, and, and therefore, you know, keep the, the temple candles going. Uh, and it's a, it's just a celebration of God's faithfulness, uh, to the Maccabees who restored worship in the temple, which I think is a really cool story. And it's, it's true. Uh, it's in the intertestamental period. Like it's for, for the Protestants, we don't have the book of Maccabees in, in our, uh, in our canon, uh, the Catholics do. Uh, so they get the story. We don't, uh, on, you know, we being the Protestants and they being the Catholics. Um, but it's, you know, this is the it, it it moves each year, and this year it actually started on on uh, Sunday was the first day of Hanukkah, and it will last for eight days. And it's just a I think it's a really cool thing where Christians uh, I think can can you know also celebrate uh, the faithfulness of God uh, because had there not been a temple, there wouldn't have been Jesus sitting at the temple. The the temple. Um, was still very prominent in in the gospel stories and in the book of Acts. Even Paul uh, went and and you know made a sacrifice at the temple, uh, and so the temple was was very important uh, to not just uh, you know Jewish life uh, before Christ, but um, the early church's life. So I think it's I think it's a cool thing to just, you know, if you if you have a Jewish friend, uh, be sure to wish him happy Hanukkah. Uh, and and, uh, you know, I think being friends with Jews and wishing them that thing's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and if you're going to light uh, a menorah, um, I think that you would light the third candle today. Um, yes. And and here is a little fact for you in terms of thinking about the calendar. We are going to turn the page from 2022 to 2023, but the Jewish calendar um, is now in the year 5,783. So December the 19th, 2022, um, was 25 Kislev, I might be mispronouncing that, Um, 5,783. So calendars are an interesting conversational topic uh, as well. And so that might be something that you could talk with your kids about, like how, how is the Jewish calendar counting days and months and seasons and holidays? And what can we learn um, about our own heritage and about Jesus and the things he would have celebrated and what his young life would have been like um, in the days growing up in the land we now call holy? Um, so we're going to return to our conversation with Luke Moon here in just a moment. We're going to talk about um Jewish Ukrainian refugees and how they're some of them are celebrating Hanukkah this year. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of what we do on live radio every day. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you at myfaithradio.com. Right now, we're inviting you to share your Faith Radio story. What do you love about Faith Radio? What do you love about Mornings with Carmen? How has this program changed the way you think or 
the way you live, the way you engage others in the conversations of the day. We really do want to hear from you. Your story could encourage someone else and certainly glorify God. So share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leave us a message today. Again, thanks for listening. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Continuing our conversation with Luke Moon from the Philos Project. All right, Luke, um, there are uh, a lot of folks who have fled Ukraine. I can't believe we are we are fast approaching the one year mark in terms of this war. Um, we don't we don't talk nearly as often about the refugees as we uh, talk about the people who are still in Ukraine. Um, but we have some information about how some Ukrainian refugees who are Jewish are celebrating Hanukkah in a Hungarian shelter. Maybe just tell people this story. Yeah, there was there's about 150 uh, Hasidic Jews, and the Hasidic Jews are the ones that uh, they wear the you know typically seen as wearing the black hats. They have the the long uh, pears as they called, which is the hair coming off the. Um, the sides of the head and they, they are, you know, very committed to keeping kosher and that kind of thing. And so there was a, there's actually a, it used to be a, a resort t- town for, for communists uh, at a place called Lake Balaton and it's in Hungary and a, uh, a Jewish center was set up to allow for the whole place is kosher, which means, you know, they separate, uh, you know, the, the dairy and the meats and, uh, you know, so everything is there is kept kosher. And, and this group of about 150 refugees uh, started celebrating Hanukkah this week. Really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. When you when you um, think about some of your favorite things from 2022, as we look back um, over the year that has been. Um, what are some things that come to mind? What are some stories, thread lines, uh, or just personal experiences? What are some of your favorite things from 2022? So I, I was thinking a lot about this. Um, and, you know, probably one of my favorite things was COVID restrictions lifted, hmm. Carmen. That, that, that was huge. I mean, the like I could. There was a lot of things <laughs> that, particularly like bringing people to Israel, was such a challenge. Uh, and then you know, all in one day, it all changed. Right? It was like stressing out. We're gonna get everybody tested, and then somebody. If you have twenty people, somebody's gonna test positive, and then it's gonna lock everybody down. And like it was just, it was. It was a major stressor. And the fact that those restrictions got lifted, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, thinking back on like the, my some of my favorite things from 2022, COVID restrictions lifting was was high on the list. It's just, you know, being on the, you know, having to wear a mask on an airplane. Carmen, I'm on a, I'm on an airplane like every other week. And I have this great beard. And for two years the the mask messed up my beard like i would take off the mask and there would be this you there was like the imprint of the mask was mm. forever on my beard no matter what i did and it was really annoying you know and and like i think other probably more wise people uh 
you know, shave their shaved. beard during COVID, mm-hmm. you know, or shaved no. in general. But then they but ended I, up, but then they ended up with all kinds of um, uh, terrible facial challenges because nobody's <laughs> skin enjoys being covered up and all steamy. It just does not. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so that was, that was, I, I think that was, you know, well, you know, I, that was, that was a big thing. I, I, that, I appreciated that. Um, that is so, you know, that, well, I mean, that, so, okay, that's not even on my list. So thank you for, this is why I like to ask people this question because everybody's perspective is so different. Um, and COVID restrictions lifting wasn't even on my, like, thanks be to God list in 2022, but it should be. So I'm adding it. You know, it was, it was, I just, it was so, you know, it consumed us. We're so long, you know, and we've, and, you know, and it, it created all that like frustration, not only just with like, you know, COVID, but like, you know, who you're mad. There was, there was people to be mad at or people to, you know, oh, yeah, there's no one to be, there's no one right? to be mad at anymore. Right. That's right. right. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Now, you know, now, you know, people bring in the, some of that stuff back. I'm like, you know, you know, shut up, Scrooge. Uh, um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing my best over here. Oh, amen. You know? Amen. Hey, we love you. We love getting together with you. Um, thank you so thank much. You. Have a very have a have a very safe um, journey to um, to the Holy Land this next time that you go. Um, mm-hmm. And we look forward we look forward to talking with you in the new year. Awesome. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you. That's our brother. Yeah, absolutely. That's our brother and friend, Luke Moon. You can find him at the Philos Project. Uh, You can also find him at Providence Magazine. And, you know, if you're traveling, particularly internationally, you should um, follow him on Twitter and then just find out if he's in the same airport you're in at any point in time, because that's a (laughs) high likelihood of that uh, that opportunity. All right. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, did you plant bulbs in your garden? I mean, do you, maybe you are just a person who just has them all the time, but do you in the spring have plants that, um, you know, they come out of bulbs? Paul, you and I are going to have to have this conversation because I can't ask people to text in um, mm-hmm. because our text line's not working. Okay. But I'm, I'm thinking here of like tulips and other things that are like bulbs. Uh, no, I don't do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, People who do that, they plant those like in October. Right. Yeah. And septem- sometimes September, October. Um, and so right now, here's what I'm wondering. Like right now, what's going on with the bulb? Because the bulb is now like, I don't know, about eight inches under the ground. And is it sleeping? Is it getting all filled with like wonderful things that are going to be my tulips in the spring. I just I just have myself wondering today, like, because there's something going on beneath the ground right now with that bulb. It's definitely putting down roots. Um, it's doing something, and yet you can't see it. And that's the point that I wanted to make. There are things going on right now. There are things going on right now that you and I cannot see. God's doing things in you right now. Um, he has planted his word within you. 
And by the power of his Holy Spirit, he is at work today, today. And not only in you, but in the body of Christ, which means in all of us collectively. And so when you think about your own experience of faith as a Christian, it's imperative that you and I be intimately connected to one another as a part of the global body of believers. Because the Holy Spirit is not just working within us individually. The Holy Spirit is working within us corporately as a body, as a body of believers. And so what's happening beneath the surface today? What's the Holy Spirit working on in you individually, in the Christian who um, lives down the street and the one that lives across town and the one that's halfway across the country and the one that's on the other side of the world? Because God's working today in ways unseen. He has plans. He's working out his plans today inside of people, including you and me, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like that, it's like the, it's like the mystery of the tulip, right? There's something going on right now beneath the, beneath the surface. You and I cannot see it. Um, it is a mystery, and yet it is going to spring forth, and it's going to be beautiful. And it's going to declare the glory of God. So, cooperate today with the Holy Spirit. Like, say to the Holy Spirit today, all right, I'm, I'm yielding to you. I'm submitting to you. Do in me what you know needs to be done beneath the surface, that my life would produce this beautiful expression of God's glory whenever, whenever. God deigns that it should spring forth. Could I invite you to do that today? God is working right now beneath the surface of our lives. And he's working um, beneath the surface of us in terms of community as well. So something is about to spring forth in our life together here in just a moment. Because today is the day that we are going to give hope for Christmas. You all have nominated Many, 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 many people. And today's the day that we're going to um, announce some of those winners. So stay tuned for hour two of Mornings with Carmen. And we are going to literally give hope for Christmas. How fun is that? Thank you to those of you who made it possible. Thank you to everybody who nominated someone. And if you're holding your breath, well, you don't have to hold it much longer. Next up, giving hope for Christmas here on Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.